0: Ladies and gentlemen, what's up? This is BC. Welcome back to another podcast, another episode of Supreme Being. Today, I want to talk about the rules of the rich, the rules of the wealthy, right? Some financial kind of perspectives I can give you, uh, some suggestions, things that I've learned, what we do wrong, what we can do right. And a lot of these go right underneath our awareness and they were tough pills for me to swallow, which is why I wanna cover this with you because one of the hardest things for me to conquer when I started making money and growing my business was being financially disciplined and really understanding finances at the level that I do now, right? Tax write-offs, starting businesses, right? What makes sense, where to put your money, um, making sure that you're always moving your money and not just letting it stagnate, right? Which is a law that people don't even really understand. You know, I ask people, have you noticed when you start to like try to hoard every single penny, something always comes up, car trouble, emergency, and then all the money that you saved up goes away. So we can't just sit there and save, 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 which is one of the rules, right? But let's let's dive into this, okay? Now, the first point that I want to cover with you is this. Have you noticed that most people, right? And again, this is just a general observation. Most people are in this monthly cycle of slavery, I call it, financial slavery, meaning every decision that they make financially, right? They look at, let's say they make 3,000 a month, and it's all about gathering all these small or medium or large, right, monthly payments and making sure it fits within the parameter of how much they make meaning it's very short-sighted and it creates this financial slavery, like I said, because now let's say that individual's making 3K a month, 3,000, and their monthly payments are, you know, 1,500, 2,000, 2,500 every month. Well, now they're stuck in this cycle that they can't get out of. There's no brighter day, there's no brighter future because, hey, everything right now is riding on this $3,000 a month salary or whatever you're making commission. And I can't break out of it, right? I have to keep making this and I can't do anything different because these monthly bills have me tied down. And I see that all the time, right? I have uh, discussions with people all the time who join my coaching. And you know, when they go for the monthly payment option, I start asking them about their finances. And I realize very quickly, it's like, dude, As soon as you join go through that first introductory module and really do the financial mastery course because you need to do it right we need to change that decision making process because now you're in a position where you can't do anything else because you're stuck with this monthly uh you know payment or payments that keep coming and coming and coming and coming and have no end right because that's going to obligate you for a long time so You look at modern day, right? We're going to make a choice. I'm going to, I don't know, purchase a program. I'm going to get a car, whatever. We know that typically when you pay in full, not only do you rid yourself of the liability, but typically you'll actually save. Because let's work this out, this first point. If I make payments, we know over time, inflation money's worth less, so I'm paying more. We know we're going to pay more, right? Additionally, I get a discount if I pay up front and I no longer have the obligation. Meaning, that thing is paid off, I don't have to worry about it anymore. So if something does come up later, I don't have something else weighing me down and taking a chunk of my money, which is what a lot of people do. Remember, when you go to a car dealership, what's one of the questions the salespeople ask you? What do you want your monthly payment to be? (laughs) Now, that's a trap when they ask you that. But I want to hammer this first point. I'm going to be doing reels on it because that monthly um, allure, I can call it, a monthly payment allure where it's like, oh, it's less money, is actually a trap long-term, and you need to recognize that. So what I'd recommend for everybody right now you do as an exercise is, if you're not budgeting, you need a budget, right? And know very clearly how much money you're bringing in every month and also how much is going out. But I would really tell you guys all right now, just not even generally speaking, I want you to only look at your monthly subscriptions, okay? Your monthly subscriptions. I want you to create a piece of paper Right? Get a pencil, get a pen. And I want you to go through your phone, your credit cards, or whatever and come up. Like if you owe minimum payments on your credit card or whatever, your monthly payment on your credit card, write that down too. Whatever you owe monthly, come up with a list. Right? Just so you're clear. And I want you to stamp that on your, your, your refrigerator, right? In your notebook, in your car, everywhere so you know this is my minimum obligation monthly. And your goal is to start to reduce that because when I look at somebody, um, again, they join my program and they go through financial mastery, one of the first things is budgeting and making sure that you get your expenses below a certain amount. And we know one of those benchmarks that I've told you guys over the years, even on YouTube is get to 55%. Make sure that if you bring in 10,000 a month, you're not spending more than 5,500 a month, which would be 55%. And if you're not there, and you're kind of underwater or you're right near the peak, like I'm spending as much as I'm making, you want to start systematically cutting it down. So when you make that list, you'll start to see very quickly, you're wasting a lot of money on BS. You probably have a lot of stagnant subscriptions that you don't even use. You're probably subscribed to a bunch of shit that you can get rid of. That's dumb that maybe you just signed up one day and it was a hundred a month and you didn't even think about it. But until you take stock of it and take a look at it and then make the assessment, especially moving forward into the next six to 12 months in this economy and you know, just the real estate market, it's going to be tough, man. So make sure you do this, this work up front and make sure you do it right. Because this monthly subscription trap uh, ruins most people financially and keeps them in that cycle where they stay stuck in the mud, right? Okay. That's number one. Number two is this, do your best to always have cash reserves. So I'm willing me to go through hard times and I'm willing to put myself in a less comfortable position to achieve certain things like this right? I will pay something up front, even if it's a little bit harder to rid myself of the obligation later, which is something most people won't do, which is why I've been rewarded financially. Same thing with cash reserves. One of my properties, the principal property that I'm sitting in right now and living in in Miami, I'm going to sell it because I can come up on $120,000 of equity that I've made over the last two, two and a half years. And what am I going to do? I'm going to put that into my business, put a little bit aside for reserves, follow my financial uh, you know, kind of plan and, and what I'm doing and, and putting my money where I put it. But it makes sense to do it. Right? I want to move later and part of that money is going to be saved, but right now for my business, I want to put more money into my business. Why? Everyone else is running away. Everyone else is retracting. Everyone else is penny pinching. So now I can take a bigger portion of the market share. I'm going to do it. Even if that means temporarily I need to move to a different place or whatever and inconvenience myself with the move and changing the address. Like I get it because people say that all the time, but I'm looking beyond that temporary discomfort, temporary change. I don't care. I'm not attached to this stuff. I need to look at the situation and say what makes sense and in this second point of cash reserves dude i'll have cash reserves now one thing that i'm guilty of is i'm too nice right i give a lot of people money that i probably shouldn't that's one of my mistakes and shortcomings as a human being financially is i do follow my plan for the most part but i have little slip-ups where i just i'm too generous with my money and sometimes that puts me in a less advantageous position personally right so by doing this it's a little bit uncomfortable but i'll come up on a lot of cash reserves Because imagine if I said, hey, I'm going to give you this $100,000. For most of you listening, that would probably completely change your life. Now, for me, it's not that much money. But when I'm looking at the scope of my future and planning things out, business-wise, personally, right, the next house that I want to get on land, like, it makes sense to do this for my long-term vision and goal. And the people who are wealthy and rich always think long-term. They're not stuck in the moment. They're not stuck in their emotion. They're not buying the car because it feels good. They're looking long-term. The weight short term for six months or a year to buy the car when it's a better financial decision, right? Cool. That's number two. Number three is leverage when possible, right? I wrote it down here. Use other people's money. Remember when I bought my Lamborghini, y'all? I could have bought cash if I waited a little bit more, but I didn't because I got a loan for just over 2% from a credit union, right? I put half of the money down and I took the other cash reserves that I had that I could have put towards the car, towards an investment that made me money, And over the totality of that loan, I only paid a few thousand dollars in interest over three years of owning that car, so it was a small sacrifice, right? And I took a piece of that pie, that money that I had, the cash reserves, and I bought an income property that paid me more than I was paying in interest for the car. Now we can make the argument, well, you shouldn't have bought the car, you could have just bought investment properties. Fair enough, I could have. That's what I'm doing now, which is why I sold all my cars. But that car was a goal for me. So I said, how can I make this the best decision possible? I'm going to wait. I'm going to have more money. I'm going to get the lowest interest rate possible, right, and build up my credit. I did all this stuff correctly, right? And by me buying that asset, which paid me, it counteracted that interest. So over the life of that loan, I really didn't pay much interest at all, if any, Right? but I took the steps and did it correctly. And whenever possible, I'll leverage and use other people's money. To do fix and flip, I'll use other people's money, right? There's so many instances where I use other people's money to build a business. If I can use other people's money, I'll do it. Why? Because if I can use and get access to 100, 500, a million dollars in capital and pay a very small interest rate, and I know over the long haul, that thing, that asset that I'm purchasing is gonna make me money or lead me to making much more money later, I will do it. And so many people are short-sighted, right? And you can start that with credit cards, even though credit cards have a high interest rate. If you need to put something on a credit card, but then it opens a door that otherwise you wouldn't be able to open unless you use the credit card, and long-term, you'll be fine, meaning you'll make enough money to pay it off, build a business, right? Start something that otherwise you couldn't start. Then it might be the right choice for you to do that. Assuming that your long-term vision is in place and you're doing it right. Right? Now, a credit card obviously isn't the best place to do it, and I wouldn't recommend it for most people, especially for large purchases, but if you have to start there, start there, right? And there's no shame in that if you have a plan and you have a long-term vision and you're being wise with your money, okay? And here's the last one, free up time, right? Understand that you know, when I built my business and I was one man show in real estate and sales, calling people and going door to door, it took all my time and I was only doing one thing, Now I've built it out to where I have a team doing that, where I get paid, but I'm not putting my time into that. And all the businesses that I'm doing now, I'm effectively building them out that way. Certain tiers of my coaching and courses are there, but it doesn't require my time anymore, right? Or less time. This one requires one hour a week. This one requires one hour a month, right? And I'm putting all these things in place and you have to obviously build to get there. But I notice rich people, wealthy people have their time, because when you're too much into one business, right? And again, you start there, of course, let's make that clear. You start there. You don't just magically start in the beginning, right? With all your free time. But once you're in it, you have to have that long-term plan that, okay, I need to lessen my time in here. I need to put systems in place, put you know uh, money into marketing, put people and employees into place eventually when I get to that level, so that I can get my time back. Once you get your time back, you can Purchase another business or focus on what you really want or focus on your passions. And now the businesses that you've created give you that free time, the time freedom and the location freedom to now do what you want. That maybe is your real passion, like wrenching your cars or traveling or whatever it is, but you have something that's feeding you and paying you in a business that's running which is the key, right? So these are just a few things I wanted to kind of share on with you guys. I might do more deep dives on certain episodes about this stuff. If you, if you like this, shoot me a message, share this, leave a comment, right, on the podcast and let me know if this is a, a certain type of subject matter that you do like, okay? But that's it for this one, guys. Make sure that you, you do what it takes for the money game. A lot of people think they know about the money game and they'll claim that they read and know all the shit or that's basic information. But when you look at their situation, their business and their life, they're not demonstrating mastery of these things. So what good is it if you know it, if you're not actually doing it? Okay. So uh, check out the Real Estate agogi below, which is a new program that I launched. Uh, If you guys want to check out everything else as well, go to briancasellacoaching.com. You want to chat with me about real brokerage and you're in the real estate industry. I brought in a ton of people recently. Um, Schedule a call as well. The link is there. Or if you guys want to hit me up on Instagram and all that fun stuff or join our discord, all those links will be in the description. All right. See you in the next episode. Peace.